Oh, praise God. All right, we're, we're going to be in Nehemiah again tonight. We're going to be in chapter 6. Um, glad that Zayden's back. I'm glad he's doing good. Well, your back is back. I don't know about you, but you're, I'm glad, to, glad he's back. And Yeah, we, we love you, brother. And we have a, some that are sick tonight. Matt and his family are sick, and and uh, Randy's not feeling so hot either. So we just want to lift all of them up and and uh, and just commit ourselves to the Lord and them too. Lord, we thank you tonight, Lord, that we can get together and and just uh, Lord listen to you, Lord. It, it's like sitting in the the throne room, and as we sit in the throne room, as we're approaching you, Lord, he says, boldly come in. And Lord, as we come in, Lord, we want to open our ears to hear what you would say. Lord, we're kids. We want to listen to what you would have to say and what you want to teach us. So teach us, Lord, guide us. And Lord, take our lives and, and, and cause it to be a reflection. Look there and look here and to see how we line up with what you say, Lord. And then if there's anything in us that needs to be recorrected or redirected, Lord, we ask that you would empower us to be able to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So at this point with Nehemiah, Nehemiah has been a part of the rebuilding of the wall. It's almost finished. Uh, his enemies have been doing everything they could to discourage, dissuade him, or uh, disrupt the completion of the wall. They knew that the wall represented strength. And so they want to try to disrupt that image that there was strength there. They wanted, they wanted to take away the visual effect of the strength that was there. And so their attacks, they kept coming, but they were not effective. They weren't happening. And so I, I just want to relate this to us in our spiritual walk, is that the enemy looks for a weakness. You know, it, the scripture says that he goes about as a roaring lion, seeping whom he may devour. And what he does is when he does that, he's not just walking around looking. He's looking for something. And if there's a weak area, a weak area of the flesh, a weak area that we are tempted, he's going to he's the tempter. So he's not un, unaware of what's going on. So he's looking for a weakness. And this, this happens every time we take a step forward. And we want to go deeper into the things of God. The enemy does not want us to advance in the kingdom. He does not want us to walk in love, joy, peace, meekness, mildness, long-suffering. He doesn't want us to walk in the gifts and the fruits of the Spirit. He, does, he wants to stop us in our tracks. And Nehemiah is a great example of what's taking place spiritually in his spiritual warfare and in our spiritual warfare. So the enemies had sought to discourage him at first there in ridiculing. Then they come and they, they uh, bring a discourse to try to cause the people to become uh, discouraged from within. They looked at their circumstances and they looked, this is insurmountable. We can't do this. And they began to falter in their, in their efforts, in their vision of what needed to be done. And then they faced another uh, oh, attack. From within, and what it was was greed. The people couldn't harvest, they couldn't plant, and so they couldn't, uh, um, they couldn't take care of their families. And so it got so bad that they even had to sell their, their children into slavery. And so Nehemiah, he confronts them on it, and he, said, he tells them, this is not good. Did we come out of bondage to put them back in bondage? No. 
So it's not good. So they all repented and Nehemiah stepped in and he stopped the whole thing. Well, there's two guys that were always here and another third guy that's introduced and he's been introduced before. But these two guys, Sanballat and Tobiah, um, in chapter 2, verse 10, uh, Sanballat, he is what's called a Hornite and that uh, Tobiah is an Ammonite. They're not Jews. They're not Jews. They're, they're enemies. And so it's coming about, but yet they were placed as governors to watch over these people. So it says here, in, in um, chapter 6, I, I just want to say this about those two guys. Uh, they're prime examples of the character of Satan. They're prime examples of what he comes to do, to seek, kill, and destroy. These two guys were used by the enemy, by the devil, to orchestrate the attacks against the Jews and against Jerusalem, along with this guy named Geshem, the Arab. And says here in verse 1, Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies, see, he's identifying them, they're enemies. These guys are not friends. These guys are enemies. Even though they were a part of the governing uh, and took advantage of the people in the past, they were losing out now that Nehemiah is here. So they want to stop him. They don't want him to gain any power. They don't want to have him getting any control because it's going to take away from their coffers. And so our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and that there was no breaks left in it, though at that time I had not hung the doors in the gates. But Sanballat and Geshem sent to me, saying, Come, let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me harm. So as we've learned, Nehemiah and all of his people, they had worked diligently, basically day and night. And now they've come to the place where the gaps in the walls had come together. They were all filled in. So the wall is all unified. Every effort of the enemy has been thwarted. He's, they've been stopped. And so as there's no more ga gaps, so there's no threat, they, they, but there still is, I should say. I, I want to say this for us in the word, in, as we strive to walk and build up our strengths in the Lord, build ourselves up in our most holy faith. Word prayer and fellowship we'll say it again word prayer and fellowship these are our spiritual defenses when we come together as we come as iron sharpening iron we come together and there's things that are spiritually been grown in each one of us that as we come together there's something that's needing to be said and so these are our spiritual defenses we know that the word of God addresses anything that's contrary to the truth because it is the truth. Now, if they couldn't get at Nehemiah here with threats, they're going to act like they want to be friends. They're going to act like they want to be friends. But in reality, they wanted to kill him. They had another agenda. Earlier, Nehemiah had said to them, you have no part or partial or inheritance with us. In other words, get lost. I don't want to have anything to do with you. Now, I found it humorous that they wanted to meet Nehemiah in the plain of Ono, you know. And that's just what happens whenever we compromise our work. We end up saying, oh, no. <laughs> so I sent messengers to them, verse 3, saying, I am not doing, am I not, excuse me, am I doing a great work so that I cannot come down? Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? But they sent me this message four times. 
And I answered them in the same manner. No doubt the Holy Spirit had put a check in Nehemiah's heart. They're not trying to be your friends. Something's up. Nope, I'm not going down. They'd shifted their position from being an enemy to wanting to be, sound like they wanted to be a friend. Be a negotiator. But look at Nehemiah. He refuses. Paul tells us to doing all to stand, stand therefore. There's times when you have to dig your heels in with the whole armor of God and you got to dig in. You got to dig in. And that's where Nehemiah, he refused. The enemy will try in any angle, any way that he can to distract us from the work that God's called us to do. His scheme isn't to help us. It's to destroy us. It's to take us down like it is with Nehemiah here. There's an association with, like John Corson said, you are where you are. Life is very familiar to where we are in Scripture. Again, we see the persistence of the enemy. Four times they sent this letter. Four times, over and over, they keep, the, he's persistent in an, an attack. He sent this message. Paul said that, the, that Satan comes as an angel of light. In other words, you know what, I'm your friend, really. Remember in the garden he said to Eve, did God really say, you know, that's not really what he meant. Eve, I'm on your side. No. No, he wasn't, was he? He was out to destroy her and all of us by causing her to be deceived and then Adam and then they both fell and then it, the, we're feeling the repercussions of it even to this day comes as an angel of light, not to help, but to destroy. You know, we can have victories in the moment in our spiritual walk. But I just want to tell you, watch out. Watch out. Because four times they came at him, and the four times, more than this, and I got to just testify. You, you know, is, I, I used to see hear that a lot in the, some of the Pentecostal churches that I went to. I just want to testify. Well, I, you know, I want to testify. That one thing about him, he is persistent. He doesn't give up. So for Nehemiah, each time they sent the message to him, he said, no way. He was acting just like Paul said, doing all to stand, therefore stand. He was not, he was immovable. Praise God for his example to us in the times when the enemy comes to attack. Now here in these next verses, in verse 5 through 7, in the Oriental culture, if you send someone an open letter, it's considered an insult. It's considered an insult. So he says here in verse 5, Then Sanballat sent his servant to me, his servant to me as before, the fifth time. So here's another, here's a fifth time. Only this time he, he gives him an open letter in his hand there in verse 5. In it was written, it is reported among the nations, and Geshem says that you and the Jews plan to rebel. Therefore, according to these rumors, you are rebuilding the wall that you may be their king. And you have also appointed prophets to proclaim concerning you at Jerusalem, saying, there is a king in Judah. Now these matters will be reported to the king. Not yet. He's threatening here. Not yet. They'll be reported to the king. So come, therefore... Let us consult together. See what he's trying to do? He's trying to manipulate him through fear. The open letter, 
it was like sending someone a postcard. Everybody can read it. Anybody that picked it up, they could say, oh, look at this. They wanted the people to, make, to, to look at Nehemiah as he was unreasonable. He was unwilling to compromise. He was unwilling. And praise God, he wasn't. He wasn't willing to compromise. He wasn't willing to sit back and, and go and listen to them. But they did it to discredit him. Look, at, did you see this about Nehemiah? He's not even willing to talk about peace. And then this guy, Geshem, the Arab, he went around telling everyone how Nehemiah and the rest were planning to rebel. Rebel against the king and make himself the king. That's why they're rebuilding the wall. That's why they're putting it all together because they're building up their defenses. So he's making it seem like, like Nehemiah and the rest of them were the bad guys. When in reality... It was them. It was them. It was written in such a way, this letter, this postcard, to make it look like Nehemiah was the bad guy. That's what it was. He even hired false prophets. He went out and got these prophets who would spread deceiving disinformation about what their objective was, that they were out to sit back and make Nehemiah the king so he threatens Nehemiah saying, you either meet with us or I'm going to tell the king. You don't play with me, I'm going to take my toys and go home, you know. So it seemed like they had Nehemiah over barrel with this postcard. Remember, we're in a spiritual war here. Remember, we're in a spiritual struggle here. If he didn't meet with them, it would look like everything that they were saying was true. But if he did, if he did meet with them, it meant they could kill him. They could kill him. Verse 8 says, Then I sent to him, saying, No such thing as you say are being done, but you, have invent, but you invent them in your own heart, for they, will, for they all were trying to make us afraid, saying, Their hands will be weakened in the work, and it will not be done. Now, therefore, O oh God, strengthen my hands. Different things about this. Nehemiah is threatened here. The enemy threatens us. Their hearts were threatened. Our hearts can be threatened. And the, notice where the threat comes from. It comes from lies and false accusations. It comes through lies and false accusations. Trying to intimidate Nehemiah to do something that could endanger his life, to cause him to come out. But the last thing they expected to be hit with was the truth. You invent them in your own heart. You did it so that our hands would be weakened, and that's exactly what their purpose was. And so it dumbfounds them. They go, you know, we're found out. So instead of arguing with them, Nehemiah just says, that's not true. You're all a bunch of liars. It's not true. And you're just making this up to take advantage of us. For the purpose of striking fear in Nehemiah's heart. The purpose of striking fear in Nehemiah's heart. Fear paralyzes faith. Fear. When we give in to fear, 
and the accusation and the lies of the enemy and fear comes in, the result is panic, worry, stress. Those are the things that take place. Every time Nehemiah has been under attack, I want you to notice he does one thing and one thing only. He begins to pray. He begins to exercise his most holy faith and trusting God and looking to God. When they ridiculed him, he prayed, Lord, take care of them. Lord, take care of them. Here with this fear, he says, Lord, strengthen my hands. When fear comes, we need to exercise faith. When fear begins to take place and grip our hearts, worry and stress, we need to exercise, oh, most holy God, you are worthy, you're, you're above, you're greater than all that we are experiencing. Lord, we can't even know how great and awesome you are behind the scenes. We need to exercise what, where we believe and what we believe and who we believe in. When we begin, in, when we begin to give in to fear, then we begin to fail. And that's what happens. In the third epistle of John, in chapter 1, verse 1, John talks about a guy named Diotrephes. Now, Diotrephes was a man of the word. He, he knew the word. He was a man of the word. But he abused it. In other words, he told people, everyone, what they should do, but he didn't lift a finger to do it himself. He was a false teacher. He was a false shepherd. And so in verse 10 says, Afterwards I came to the house of Shimeiah, the son of Deliah, Deliah the son of Mehalatabel, who, had a secret in, who was a secret informer, and he said, Let us meet together in the house of God. Now I want you to notice that they're coming on like they're spiritual. They're coming on like they're spiritual people. Let us meet together in the house of God. Within the temple, and let those close doors of the, and let us close the doors of the temple. For they are coming to kill you. Oh, indeed, at night they will come to kill you. Now, this is getting pretty dicey, isn't it? It's like watching a drama unfold in front of us. This Shimei was acting like he was some kind of a prophet, and that he was actually a spy, is what he was. He used the familiar words of a prophet. He came across with all kinds of, thus saith the Lord, and, uh, and you better go hide, thus saith the Lord in the temple, because tonight they're going to come and kill you. And the Lord, you know, he's coming off like he's some spiritual leader in this respect. You better go hide in the temple, because they're going to come kill you. Paul tells us to do what about spirits? To test them. Try all the spirits to see whether they're of a God or not. That means comparing spiritual things with spiritual. In other words, whenever the, something is spoken that is spiritual, then we go back to our word and we look at what it says. And if it doesn't say it, we throw it out. We throw it out. Jesus said to us, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom. But those who do the will of my father. Paul told us that in the last days there would be false prophets, the men who would have convincing words and lying signs, deceiving many. And verse 11 says, And I said, Should such a man as I flee, here's the challenge, going in there, run, you know, go to the temple, get in there, and you'll be safe. And so Nehemiah says, 
And, and I said, should I, such a man as I flee, who is there so much, who there such as I, who would go into the temple to save his life, save his own neck? I will not go in. Then I perceived that God had not sent him. I want you to notice there, that's spiritual discernment. That's spiritual discernment. This says a lot to the caliber of Nehemiah. Nehemiah had been a man of the word and prayer. We see his prayer going on a lot. But that meant that he was, he was in the word. He was learning that his faithful God was always there behind him. And so I perceived, or you could say I discerned, that God had not sent him at all, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. There was something else going on behind the scenes, and I, I, I sense it. I said, There's no, this is not from God. And I want to tell you, folks, you need to make sure you exercise the spiritual discernment for our day we live in. This is not from God. Okay, be careful. For this reason he was hired, speaking of this false prophet, for this reason he was hired that I should be afraid and act that way and sin so that they might have cause for an evil report that they might reproach me. False prophets, false teachers always lead you into danger. Always lead you into danger. They'll lead you to an area that goes against God's word, always. Nehemiah wasn't a Levite. He wasn't a Levite, and he knew he wasn't allowed to go into the temple. Only the priests were allowed to go in there. And he says, would I go? And if I did, I'd act this way and sin. If I went into the temple, I would be committing a sin. I'm not going to go in there. Should I go to the temple to save my own life? I will not go in, he says. I'm not, I'm, he knew which way to go, and he went that way. The scripture says, you'll hear in your ear, this is the way to go. And then we listen, and we go that way. And he was listening. And I want you all to be listening. I want you all to be listening. The prophet said, oh, it's okay. We're part of you. We're here for your own protection. Lie. Lie. And Nehemiah said, no way. Seeming like they were friends, but they weren't. Nehemiah didn't let his spiritual guard down. I want to tell you, don't let your spiritual guard down. Shimei was saying, seemed like a good thing, what he was saying, like it was a spiritual thing. And yet behind it was treachery. He meant to deceive Nehemiah into dropping his guard. Oh, wow, I'm so glad you guys are with me. I'm so glad you, you care about me. Oh, man, you love me. You don't want to hurt me. Man, they wanted to kill him. False prophets have a smooth way of talking, but their end purpose is for us to drop our guard and open the door for deception. I'm going to tell you the spiritual test for this, okay? They'll always lead you contrary to God's word. They'll always lead you contrary to God's word. Beware of those who come to you and say, well, the Lord said, or the Lord led, or the Lord did this, or the Lord told me to tell you. Right there, your shield should be up. 
Right there, your armor should be on. Right there, you should be careful. Throughout history, there have been those who have come and prophesied lies in the name of the Lord. There's nothing new today. It's still around. Still that influence is still here. But during Jeremiah's time, God said in Jeremiah 23, 32, Behold, I am against those who prophesy false dreams, says the Lord, and tell them and cause my people to err by their lies and by their recklessness. Yet I did not send them or command them. Therefore, they shall not profit this people at all, says the Lord. God says there's a warning here, isn't there? So this false prophet was proclaiming that his prophecy to Nehemiah for the, for the guise of being spiritual. But Nehemiah had enough spiritual insight to discern this wasn't from God. God will never command us to do something contrary to his word. God will never command us to do something contrary to his word. Now, if Nehemiah hadn't been a man of the word and prayer, he might have fallen to the spiritual overtones of the enticements of what this prophet was saying. But because of his spiritual background of his life, that he had been sowing into his life, he saw right through it. You know, when we get into the word, we're to study the word, to show ourselves approved, a workman not ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And the purpose for that is for things like this. As you grow in the word, you can hear. Ed and I were talking about this. Spiritual ears. Spiritual ears cause us to be able to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. He's speaking to us tonight. And we have ears to hear what he has to say. Well, that's the same thing that takes place when we're walking in our life. We will hear and witness the truth of God's word and it will bear witness with one another. We will see it and we will sense that's on, that's off. And we can see it. It's for us to, to yield. Well, I'm going to walk this way. I'm going to stay this in the, in walk in this way with the Lord. His word will never contradict itself. Nehemiah saw right through it. But we know that in the word it says in the last days there will be antichrists, false prophets. Satan, we know that he always comes as a counterfeit. He always takes the truth. Do you know how he does it? He speaks the truth. Do you, did you know that Satan uses the truth? He does. He's an accuser of the brethren. Are you guilty of sin? Yeah. He accuses us day and night. I'm guilty of sin. And that's the truth. But Jesus stands up and says this before the Father as an advocate. But Father, remember the blood. The blood, he is the intercessor. He is the one who blocks the judgment that is due to us that the enemy is accusing us of. So he comes in as, a, as an angel of light. He comes in there with the truth and stuff. But we have to be the ones who listen. There will be Antichrist, false prophets, Satan's counterfeits, false shepherds, and he'll have his false teachers too. False prophets and false teachers. My God, in verse 14, remember Tobiah and Sambalat according to their works and the prophetess Nehoiada 
and the rest of the prophets who have made me afraid. So the wall was finished in the 25th day of Elu in, the, in 52 days. Wow. 52 days. And it happened when all our enemies heard of it and all the nations around us saw these things that they were very disheartened in their own eyes for they perceived that this work was done by our God. You, you look at the wall and it's pretty, it's pretty massive stones that are there. And um, if you've been to Israel, you know, there's some stones that are, that are as long as this stage is here and this high and probably this deep. That's a big stone. Tons and tons of weight. 52 days. And it happened when our enemies saw it. They, they were disheartened. Well, just notice that Nehemiah, he doesn't, dis, he, 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 he doesn't engage them. Instead, he just turns to the Lord and says, Lord, remember them and take care of them. Don't engage the enemy. Turn, him, turn over to the Lord. They got back to work. They got back to the work, getting ready to hang the, the doors now. The so-called spiritual leaders had come and they had prophesied these lies. The prophetess, Nehoiada, and all these other ones that they had hired. But in spite of all of that, the wall was finished in 52 days, seven and a half weeks. That's amazing. As you look at that wall, and you, those of you who have been to Jerusalem and seen the wall, it's massive and it's huge. And it goes all the way around the whole area of the, of the old Jerusalem. To do that in 52 days, that is a miracle. Zechariah said this, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord, that this mountain will be removed. The mountain that he was speaking of was those huge stones that were all over the place. It was a miracle. North, south, east, and west, the wall was all put together, and it all went up at the same time. It was like they were watching one day, and it went, that's God. That's God. So they looked at the work of God and how it had been accomplished in such a quick time, and they were disheartened. But I want you to know this. They're always planning another attack in some way. But notice in this next part, if the enemy can't get you one way, he'll try to make connections with those close to you, even by doing something good for them, to try and capture their affections. So that they will in the turn. So he says also in those days the nobles of Judah sent many letters to Tobiah. And the letters of Tobiah came to them. In other words the letters were going back and forth between them. For many in Judah were pledged to him. That's speaking of Tobiah. Because he was the son-in-law of Shechaniah the son of Era, And his son Jehoiannan had married the daughter of Meshushulam, the son of Barakiah. Also, they reported his good deeds before me, and I reported my words to him. Tobiah sent letters to frighten me. Nehemiah, while he was resisting, Tobiah is busy. He's in the background. He's making connections with family members. He's even making pledges with them. 
And even one of the sons married one of the daughters of a Levite. This is not, this was not right because he's not a Jew. And yet one of his sons married a Levite daughter, which is forbidden. So there's a, there's a contradiction right there that shouldn't have taken place. So they told Nehemiah, hey, Nehemiah, Tobiah's a good guy. He's on our side. Give him a break. What does deception do to us? It leads us to compromise. Deception leads to compromise. Praise God, Nehemiah had his shields up. Praise God, he put on the whole armor. And he he stood guard against it all. He was a sentinel of protection for the rest of these people. Nehemiah is a great example of Jesus Christ in this time as watching over to care for the people because their ultimate goal wasn't just to get Nehemiah. Their goal was to kill everyone, wipe them all out. They hated them and they wanted to destroy him. But praise God, we have a mighty Savior. Praise God, we have one that has overcome the world and has overcome sin, death, and hell. And that he is our champion. He is the one who stands at our side. And he's there to build us up and strengthen us for those moments. Because they will come. They will come. But he is faithful. And he will never leave us nor forsake us. He's there. He's there to fight for us. We know the scripture for the battle does what? Belongs to the Lord. It's his battle. And he's there to strengthen up those arms, those hands that, and that are hanging down and strengthen those feeble knees. The discouragements that come because of it, just like with Nehemiah. Our God, the champion of our lives and our soul and our spirit, he sends the Holy Spirit to lift us up and to strengthen us. Lord, we come tonight just to do that, Lord, to allow you to lift us up and to encourage us like you did with Nehemiah. Lord, we want to come and just say, Lord, have your way tonight. Lift us up. Lord, we desire to hear your voice, to hear from you tonight. Lord, we thank you that you've spoken through your word. Now, speak through your people for what's on their heart to share with all of us. In Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for the mighty touch that you've uh, given to Zayden, Lord, and we thank you for answering our prayer, Lord, to raise him up, Lord, and to use him in power of your spirit, Lord. Pray you continue to guide and, and to, to uh, strengthen, Lord, even those hands that hang down, Lord. I know it's, it's a time, Lord, to recover, and I pray for his full recovery, Lord. Thank you for loving him, Lord. We love him. Thank you, Father. Lord, you come here to win hearts, Lord. And as you come, as your word says it, you walk among the golden candlesticks, Lord. As you walk amongst us here, Lord, you're looking and seeking out that heart that wants to be on fire. And so, Lord, we pray for that. We pray for the, the, the fire to come. Lord, for the courage 
was to stand in the midst of the flames, even like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Lord. Daniel in the lion's den. Nehemiah against this, Lord, I pray for the, the just the resolve, the resolute decision. I am not moving. I stay with you, Lord. I walk with you. I don't walk that way. I walk your way. Lord, strengthen us, God. As, as they came out, and as they were beaten there in the book of Acts, they said, strengthen us, Lord, that we can go out and do it again. Lord, we thank you that you are there to lift up our weak hands and our feeble knees, Lord. Lord, and we pray for decisions for those, Lord, like Buffy just said, Lord, about decisions, Lord. We pray, Father, that decisions would be made to surrender and be at peace and that God would be there, that you would be there, Lord. You're not willing for any of us to perish, but all to come to repentance and know the love and the peace. So I pray for that, Lord. I pray for the peace and the rule and the reign, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you that we come here, Lord, not just to occupy cease, Lord. We come here to grow in grace and knowledge of our great God and Savior, Lord, to see the example that you've set by different men throughout Scripture that have been used as examples, Lord, as used as further um, illumination to understand, Lord, what you have done for us and what you are doing for us even now. And I thank you, Lord, for uh, this brother, Nehemiah. Lord, we, we, look, we look forward to meeting all of these, Lord, when we all come together. In that moment, in that shout, in the trump of God, Lord, when he calls us up, and Lord, we stand before the King of glory, the King of the universe, and we have our individual audience with him to look him in the eye and say, Lord, bless you for your grace and mercy. Lord, I wouldn't be here without you. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here. We bless you, mighty King. We bless you tonight. We thank you for each soul, Lord, that has taken the heart of Nehemiah and stood their ground, Lord, and walking the walk and encouraging others to stand the ground and fight the good fight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you've done in us and what you're going to do in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand and sing our benediction together, okay? You know, Susie corrected me on this. <laughs> I was saying this is in Leviticus. It's not in Leviticus. It's in Numbers. So, And thank you if you went and searched it out. Yeah, I was wrong. And, you know, you know, Abraham, Lord said, said to Abram, why did you listen to Sarah at one time? And then the other time he says, why didn't you listen to Sarah? So I listened to my Sarah. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord.
Lord, make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen. God bless you all. Shalom in the Lord, the blessings of a God. Amen. All right. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. God bless you.